Merry Christmas, everybody. Welcome to our Christmas Eve service. The passage that we're going to be going over today is the Christmas passage. It's in Luke chapter 2. And as you're turning to Luke chapter 2, uh, I'm going to open this up in a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for this Christmas time where we get to reflect on the gift of Jesus being given to the world, where we anticipate the coming of Jesus back to earth. We celebrate his first coming and we, we look forward to every day the return of Jesus for his people um, and, and the establishment of his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven forever and ever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The passage... The Christmas passage is Luke chapter 2 and verse 8. I'm going to read through um, four to 14. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Verse 15, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, and the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, and it had been told them. And at the end of the eight days when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. I believe in looking at the scriptures that, that the story of Christmas and the story of Jesus is all about joy. From, from cover to cover of the word of God, this whole thing is about joy and restoring joy back in our hearts, taking back and establishing what was taken in the fall of man. So in this Advent season, we, we celebrated four key themes uh, of, of Advent, which is hope, peace, joy, and love. But with those four themes, I think the whole thing was primarily about joy. Yes, it's about peace. Yes, it's about hope in, in the coming uh, Messiah. And it's about love. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. But when Jesus spoke, he spoke about joy more than any other theme. And if we look here 
in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, when the angel spoke to the shepherds, he said, Fear not, for I bring you good news, good news, the gospel of great joy. The gospel of great joy that's going to be for all the people. Uh, I, I said that that the whole story of Jesus and the whole story of Christmas is about joy. Now let me now let me prove it to you. If I fast forward to another book in in the Gospel of John, verses uh, verse 5, uh, chapter fifteen, verse nine. This is Jesus speaking about being the true vine. And at the end of this passage in John 15, verse 11, he says, These things I have spoken to you, disciples, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is Jesus' mission for his disciples. This is his mission is to bring joy. Now, I have to make a distinction between joy and happiness C.S. Lewis said we must make a distinction between joy and happiness. He wrote a book about joy. And in a nutshell, happiness is about happenings. Joy is about a perspective based off of truth. Now, the word joy comes from the Greek word kara. It's used about 59 times in the New Testament. And it always refers to this, this, um, this inward emotion that's based off of truth. Um, it's based off of a perspective that's rooted in the truth. Whereas happiness is based off of the circumstances and the things going on around me. Um, uh, happiness is a cheap substitute for joy. Happiness can be robbed from me in an instant. I can be having the greatest day ever, a happy day, and I can get a phone call that shatters my world. I could be going, and this is, this is true for me, I could be perfectly fine, and someone says one thing to me, one thing happens, and my happiness is gone. But regardless of what's going on within my life, or around me, or in the circumstance, or in the political atmosphere, or in the presidency, or anything, I can have joy no matter what. And that's what God has called us to, to have. There's a fight to get back to joy rooted in the truth of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. So here, it's Jesus's mission to, to impart joy to his followers. These joy he has in him, he wants it in us. And since Jesus lives in us, at any moment we have joy. At any moment we can dip in and, to, and leverage that joy that's within us. Now, the kingdom of God is something that Jesus talked more about anything. More, he talked more about the kingdom of God than he did of church. And there's a mindset that we have to have as people, as the church, that our life should be more about the kingdom than it should be about the local church. Now, here's, here's what I mean. We have developed a culture of get to church, sit down in seats, and hear a sermon because that's Christianity. Friends, we cannot teach our children and our, and our friends and our neighbors that going to church is Christianity. No, no, no. Living in the kingdom of God is Christianity, is being Christ-like. If I live my life 
believing that going to a building is Christianity, then I will yell at my kids to get them to a place by 1030 because church is starting. No, if life is about the kingdom of God, then I can relax and know that I'm role modeling a life for my kids that's based off of kingdom truths that gives them joy. So if we happen to be late going to this building, it doesn't matter because I'm role modeling here on earth as it is in heaven, kingdom living. And I can role model this to my kids that things on earth don't matter when you live in the kingdom. I don't need to make something matter more that doesn't matter most because I live for the kingdom. If I live for the church, then I'm going to get twisted and torn about who is leaving the church, who is coming into the church, how many people are watching our messages online, how many people are walking in the doors. If my life is about the kingdom, then I'm kingdom focused and my joy is solid. So here, Jesus talking about the kingdom in, through the, the person of the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 14. If you've ever wanted to know what the kingdom of God is about, Go to Romans chapter 14 and verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. There's that word again, that word joy. It's based off of a perspective rooted in the truth. The truth that we have as believers in Jesus Christ is that we are set free from ourselves and from people around us. I don't need anything from people. I am set free to serve them because Jesus has met all my needs according to his riches and glory. It's the book of the Philippians. Jesus, in his last moments, in his last uh, day or two, he had a, a prayer. Now, if you would think about if you were only to live for a day or two more, what would you do? Well, here's what Jesus does. He prays. And when Jesus prays, he has a, um, a request about joy. Now, here's his high priestly prayer. And he says this, But now, Father, I am coming to you that these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Jesus is at the end of his life and he's saying, I, I, I just want my disciples, I want my followers to have joy fulfilled in them. What is joy? It's, it's my perspective because it's rooted in Jesus. I know who Jesus is. I know he is coming. There, there are two advents. The first advent, which comes from the Greek word parousia, and from the Latin word adventus, which means the coming. In the first advent of Jesus, he's a little baby. Eight pounds, six ounce, baby Jesus. In the second advent, he's probably 140 pound bearded Jesus on a white horse with king of kings and lord of lords right on his thigh. Uh, in the second advent, we are waiting, for, we're anticipating the coming of our Lord. If we know and we, we focus on Jesus and his coming, then I'm not making a big deal out of the things on this earth. I don't make a 
something matter more that doesn't matter most, which is Jesus and the kingdom of God. That kind of living gives me, it gives me joy. It gives me peace. It helps me relax. And if we go back now to our story of, of Mary and Joseph, if you, if you pay attention to what's going on here, it's a story that's full of, of stress. It's full of problems, but it's full of joy. If you watch, Joseph has joy throughout this whole story. Mary has joy throughout this whole story. First of all, you look at Joseph. He is betrothed to, to his, to his fiancée, if you will. It's a legal document that says that, that they are pretty much married, but, but, but they're not, but they're, but they're engaged. And she gets pregnant. That's a lot of stress on the relationship. But, but Joseph has joy, and he does what God tells him to do, regardless of the circumstance and the confusion of, of how did she get pregnant? I've, 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 I didn't do that. He has joy because, the, because God has spoken to him. He goes through with the plan. Mary also has joy. If, if you think about this, uh, Jesus was born in an animal shelter. Yes, he was born in a manger, but the songs we sing make it seem like a, a cute place. It's not a cute place. It's not clean. It's, it's an animal shelter. And he's placed in, a, in a, a, a feeding trough. If you think about how filthy that is for newborns, if you walked into a hospital and, and they had animals in there, that place would be shut down. It would be unacceptable. If they haven't mopped, if they haven't cleaned, if they haven't sterilized the tools, the place would be shut down. I remember when my when my second child was born, there was a, a there was a uh, a tray of all these instruments, and it was covered with with a cloth. And I remember I lifted up that cloth and I looked at it, and the, the nurse reprimanded me. I thought she was going to smack my hand or smack my face. She goes, "Now these are not sterile." So she gets all new instruments and puts them out because I simply lifted it. When Jesus was born, it was not a sterile environment. It was way more than someone lifting up a, a little cloth. There were animals, there were bacteria, there was whatever, viruses. And that's a reason for Mary to stress out, but she doesn't stress out. She has joy in the midst of a lot of tension, a lot of things going wrong. They tried to get in uh, and have a, a legitimate place to stay, and they were turned away. What are things that you are facing this Christmas? Uh, have, have you lost someone in your life? Has a relationship fallen apart? Have you lost your job because of the pandemic? Have you, have you um, been under all kinds of stress? Here's what I'm saying, folks. The, the Christmas message tells us if we focus on the gospel of Jesus Christ, I can have joy. If I focus on the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is Jesus Christ, he, he died, he rose again, he conquered sin and death, and he set us free to have joy. He lives in us. God is the gospel. Jesus is the gospel. We have Jesus. Then my perspective is the same no matter what. Now, I do this every day. I, my, my joy comes and goes. My, my happiness comes and goes. It's so finicky and it's so uh, fragile. And I have to preach the gospel to myself and remind myself who I am 
in him and who he is when he lives in me. And every day I start the day uh, sticking, I, I walk out, I walk down to the shore and I stick my hands in the sand and I say, I have been buried with Christ by baptism into his death. That's Romans 4, 6, 4. I've been raised to the newness of life. That's, that's Colossians 3. And I fix my eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith, who for the joy, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scoring its shame. That prayer, my daily prayer, sets my eyes on Jesus. It, it, it allows me to endure anything because Jesus endured the cross, scorning its shame, for the joy set before him. The joy set before Jesus was pleasing the Father. You see, Jesus did not want to go to the cross. I know that because the scriptures say he... Jesus said to the Father, if this cup can pass, Father, if you have a plan B, then let it happen. But he doesn't do that. He says, but not my will, your will be done. The, the Christmas message is also, Father, I will follow Jesus's role model of pleasing you. And because my life is about pleasing you, I will do anything you want to please you. And that's joy, my friend. This Christmas story is the good news of great joy, according to the angel. And as Jesus came as a, as a baby, he's coming back as a king, as a king. And, and the Christmas message, it's easy to get caught up. We love Christmas movies. We love Christmas chronicles. We love Christmas story. We love the Christmas spirit. We love the Christmas season. But we have to remember that Jesus came to give us joy. And that joy can be role modeled for our friends and family. And that's the true meaning of Christmas. It's Jesus, but it's the joy that Jesus gives us. And it's the joy we share. The hymn, Joy to the World, is not about Jesus coming as a baby. The hymn, Joy to the World, is about Jesus coming back to earth for us. That's the Christmas message. And with that, let me close this in prayer. Father, thank you for Jesus and the Christmas message that he gives us joy. And we can have joy despite any circumstance going on in our lives. Lord, 2020 has been a series of challenges, but it's also been a wonderful opportunity to role model joy in the midst of additional stressors against the, the, the pandemic, against against strife, against loss, against you name it. So Lord, we take this joy, Lord, we receive Jesus as our savior and we embrace the joy that he gives us through his spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.